Well, good morning, Oceanside Sanctuary. It's good to be back with you again for our online worship gathering here on YouTube and Facebook. Today, we are just a couple of weeks away from gathering again face-to-face. So for those of you who are in North County, our first Sunday back, as you should know by now, is going to be May 23rd, right at the Oceanside Sanctuary in downtown Oceanside. And we're going to be rolling out two services so that we can gather together face-to-face, but still practice precautions that are keeping us safe through the end of this pandemic period. So those two services are going to be 10 o'clock, and 1115 at our uh, building in downtown Oceanside, 204 South Freeman Street. Now at the 10 o'clock service, we're going to limit seating to just 30 people. And at the 1115 service, we're going to have seating for up to 60 people max. So if you are more cautious and you want to be in a smaller setting, then you can choose the 10 o'clock service. But if you are comfortable in a little bit bigger setting, then you can choose the 1115 service. Even if you choose the 1115 service with up to 60 people, that's still gonna be plenty of social distancing. Our church will seat up to about 250 people. So 60 people is still gonna give lots of room for you to spread out and have plenty of space between you and others who are seated there. Really excited about being able to see you face to face, even though we'll be wearing masks and start to worship together in person. In the meantime, today we're gonna continue our series this month on reading through some of the Psalms. And today what I wanna do is invite you to turn with me to Psalm chapter 98. We're gonna read Psalm 98 together. We're gonna compare it a little bit to last week's Psalm. And I'm gonna just show you again what's really feeding me in this Psalm. So as I read through this, I wanna show you the things that are really jumping out at me and standing out to me that are really impacting me in a positive way. And then I wanna invite you to share a little bit about what is impacting you in this Psalm as well. But before we do that, as usual, I wanna invite you to join with me in a word of prayer so that we can center our hearts and minds together as we worship this morning. Would you just join with me? God, we thank you again for today, for this opportunity for us, wherever we might be, to really just center ourselves and calm ourselves before you so that we take time throughout our lives, throughout our days and our weeks to really cultivate an awareness of your presence in our midst, in and through all things. I thank you that that is one of the lessons you're teaching us through these Psalms, that you are present in our lives in the midst of our trials and our celebrations, that you are present in our lives in the midst of uh, nature, and in the midst of our homes, our neighborhoods and workplaces, that you are there in all of it. We pray that you would teach us that lesson this month. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, like I said, what we're doing this month is just picking a handful of psalms that we are reading through together. And all I'm doing really is reading through them and then sharing with you how it's feeding me. And then I want to invite you at the end of this to share in the comments on YouTube or Facebook how these words are impacting you. So again, today we're reading Psalm chapter 98. So if you have your Bibles, you can turn with me there and read along with me. Or if you don't, we're going to put the words as usual up on the screen. Psalm 98 verse 1 says this, Oh, sing to the Lord a new song. 
For he has done marvelous things. His right hand and his holy arm have gotten him victory. The Lord has made known his victory. He has revealed his vindication in the sight of the nations. He has remembered his steadfast love and faithfulness to the house of Israel. All the ends of the earth have seen the victory of God. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Break forth into joyous song and sing praises. Sing praises to the Lord with a lyre, with the lyre and the sound of melody, with trumpets and the sound of the horn. Make a joyful noise before the King, our Lord. Let the sea roar and all that fills it. The world and those who live in it, let the flood clap their hands. Let the hills sing together for joy at the presence of the Lord, for he is coming to judge the earth. He will judge the world with righteousness and the peoples with equity. Now, one of the things I love about the Psalms in general is, again, I know I've said this before. I know you've heard me say this a million times, but just the poetic nature of these verses. Psalms, of course, are meant to be songs sung in a religious gathering. This is from the Jewish Bible, and these, this is essentially the, the hymn book or the sacred music of the ancient Jewish community as they gathered together in their temple to sing and to pray and to worship together, or in their synagogues, in their communities, as they would gather and assemble and they would sing, and they would pray, and they would worship together. In many ways, not unlike what we do, but of course, in other ways, very different than what we do. They're a very different kind of tradition. And so we really get to peek into that tradition when we read these Psalms. And they provide, I think, an amazing perspective that we can learn from even today. The first thing that really jumps out at me when I read this Psalm is if you turn to verse 2, You'll see that it says, the Lord has made known his victory, has revealed his vindication in the sight of the nations. That really reminds me of the psalm we read last week, Psalm 22, where most of that psalm, Psalm 22, if you remember, was a, a kind of extended lament, a, an expression of frustration and sorrow and anger because the, the psalmist who's writing in Psalm 22 is experiencing a great deal of trial and suffering, a great deal of mockery at the hands of others. This is a person who felt like they had become so lowly that they compared themselves to a worm, somebody who was the lowest creature on earth. And yet this psalm, in contrast, really jumps out right at the beginning, right out of the gate, with this expression of praise that comes in verse 2, because God has made known God's victory. And so we have kind of the counterpart to last week's psalm. Last week's psalm, of course, ends in praise, ends in, in a sense of vindication and victory. But this one begins there. And so this really is a song of celebration, a song of jubilee, a song of, of, of uh, exulting in the goodness of God right out of the gate. And so, of course, that's, I think, exactly how we feel anytime we feel like we have been in a difficult place or we have asked for a rescue from God for a particular set of circumstances or, or maybe we have found life to just be exceedingly difficult. When we do experience that sense of victory, when we have 
come to God with our lamentations and our prayers and and our frustrations, maybe even shaking our fist at God because we don't understand why the world is the way it is. And then we experience a little bit of breakthrough when we see a bit of justice come forth. Then I think this is a psalm that we can really identify with because we desire with our bodies even to praise and to worship God out of thanks for the goodness that has come. And I think the second thing that I notice about that, which maybe flows from my first observation, but oddly enough comes before it, is actually back to verse 1. It begins, again, right out of the gate, not only with this sort of celebration of God's vindication, but in verse 1 says, Oh, sing to the Lord a new song, for he has done marvelous things. I love this expression that the psalmist writes, Sing to the Lord a new song. And one of the reasons I love that expression is because very often I think we have that desire for something new and fresh and different, right? This idea of singing a new song brings a new perspective, a new appreciation for the goodness that exists in the world. We have a tendency to to grow a bit tired or weary or bored with things that we have done before, with songs that we have sang before, with passages that we have read before, routes to work that we have taken before, routines at work that we have done before, conversations that we have had before, whatever it might be, there is a craving inside all of us for something new that I think is a reflection of the creativity that God has put in each of us. I think it's an imprint of the creator God who created the world and even us out of nothing and then so leaves God's fingerprints on us as children of God to go forth and perpetuate new and creative things. Part of what it means, of course, to be human is to be creative, to make something new, to provide a fresh perspective, to to receive inspiration, and then to birth something wonderful or beautiful or poetic or useful and then gift that thing to somebody else. In our world, we most often refer to this as art. We have such a high value for things that are fresh and new and creative. And I think this psalm captures really powerfully how that sense of creativity carries with it a sense of vindication or victory. Very often, of course, our creativity springs not from enjoying life, not from a sense of peace, not from a sense of being satisfied or filled with good things, but but rather creativity so often in, in life comes from a place of suffering, comes from a place of having struggled, comes from a place of really desiring because we have real lack in our lives. And then out of that desire to be filled is birthed this creative new thing. I think this Psalm, Psalm 98, captures that essence really well. There is a sense that the positive space that this Psalm occupies, the victory, the celebration that this Psalm embodies comes after that sort of negative space of suffering and frustration and defeat, just like, again, Psalm 22 from last week. This psalm sort of assumes that valley before the mountaintop experience of Psalm 98. 
And so I think it's appropriate that this psalm then bursts out of the gate, not just with a celebration of victory, but with a call for a new song, something fresh and creative, perhaps something never seen before. And that's the other reason that this particular verse really jumps out at me, this very human desire for a new song, for new beauty, for new creativity, when the reality, of course, is that there's nothing new in this psalm. Well, the psalmist declares right, th right at the beginning that this is a new song, but all of these themes, every one of the themes that we see in here, the, the victory of God, the vindication of God, the making of a joyful noise, using our bodies and our instruments to make noise of celebration, all the way to the very end of the psalm that depicts a kind of anthropomorphized, created order, singing and praising to God. All of this is rehashed material from other parts of the psalms. In other words, right at the beginning of this psalm where the psalmist declares it as a new song, we encounter not something entirely new, but rather ideas that came before that have been reused and recombined and refilled with fresh inspiration and combined in a new way. And isn't that exactly how creativity works? Isn't it a little bit of a delusion to think that we ever actually give birth to something that is genuinely new? All art and creativity is derivative, which is to say that everything that we create with our hands or sing with our mouths or invent with our minds or, or build with our hands is all made from material that came before. And that is not a bad thing. That is actually a good thing because that in and of itself is a depiction of life. Even if you are a gardener, if you grow things in your backyard like you know fruits or vegetables, you know this to be true, that the new fruit that we harvest every season is really not new. It's simply the creation of a combination of old things seeds and, and water and soil. The soil itself is composted soil, composted material from the dead organic matter that has decomposed and now recombined in a way that brings new life. I know that's a little bit of an unusual way to look at this, but when I read the psalmist calling us to sing a new song, and then the psalmist offers us a lot of the same old material, but rewritten and recombined in a fresh way, to me, that is not a disappointment. That's inspiring. Because that's what it means for us to live our lives. It, it means that we take what God has given us and what others have passed down to us, and we recombine it, remix it, redistill it in a fresh new way for us, a way that feeds and nourishes us. The last thing that I really pick up out of this psalm that I, I really love just because of the, the sheer uh, poetic power of the language is towards the end of the psalm in verse 7, we pick up what I referred to earlier as this sort of anthropomorphized version of the created order. And I want to turn there now, just point that language out to you. Verse 7 says this, the psalmist concludes this, this song of victory, the song of celebration, by saying, let the sea roar and all that fill it the world and those who live in it. Let the floods clap their hands. Let the hills sing together for joy. 
at the presence of the Lord. So great and so good is the victory of God. So great and so good is the vindication of God and God's people that it's not just God's people who sing and praise and clap and shout. It's not just the instruments of God's people that make noise and chime together to make beautiful music. It is even a created order. The entire earth is depicted here as raising a chorus of thanks and praise to God. And this, I think, is not simply a kind of poetic way of extending our praise imaginatively so that it fills the earth. I think that rather this is a prophetically poetic way to signify that when God's victory finally comes, it comes not just for us, but rather God's victory fills the whole earth. What I mean by that, of course, is that all things are made right. And when all things are made right, I think it can truly be said that the entire earth will rejoice. I think of the ways that we are uh, ruining and destroying our planet, and this passage makes me wonder, how is it that our praise, our worship, our celebration, our joy of a truly good and righteous and loving God will very naturally spill out to repair the wrongs that we have done on the earth? How will the earth itself be repaired by the true and good and righteous worship of a good and true and righteous God? That's what I'm getting out of this psalm today. I wonder what you're getting. As we read through this psalm today, what words or phrases or passages really jumped out at you? How is this psalm feeding you today? How is it inspiring you to come to God in praise and worship? That's the question I want to leave with you today. I invite you, if you have answers to that question, just to jump into the chat on Facebook. Share your thoughts with us. Share how this psalm is feeding you. And encourage each other. And we're looking forward to seeing you again face-to-face, as I said earlier. But we can still fellowship together and encourage each other now, even online. Would you just pray with me as we close today? God, we thank you so much again for this opportunity for us to worship, for us to be together even in this space online. We ask that you would fill our hearts with a sense of joy and praise, that we would respond bodily to bring our thanks and gratitude to you in worship as we experience your vindication in our lives, as we experience good things and blessings, as this pandemic in our corner of the world begins to to subside. Uh, We are aware, of course, that in other parts of the world it is still raging and still uh, causing people to be sick and and still causing people to die. We pray for all of those who are suffering and who have suffered as a result of this pandemic. And we pray that you would keep us healthy and safe as we begin to return to some kind of normal life again. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, good morning, everybody. My name is CJ, and I've got some really exciting announcements here for you this morning. Um, First of all, if you are new to the Oceanside Sanctuary, to these online gatherings, welcome. We're glad you're here. We're excited to meet you in person very soon, which is one of the upcoming announcements. Um, But if you need more information about the church, 
the mission, the goals, what the church believes, you can go to the oceansidesanctuary.org backslash contact and that'll put you in touch with our team to answer any questions uh, that you may have. But welcome. We are glad you are with us here whenever you are watching uh, the Oceanside Sanctuary online gathering. First of all, this is a very exciting announcement as we move through those different colors on the rainbow to get to the final pot of gold. We are almost there. And uh, for the fourth consecutive week, the County of San Diego has moved into that tier where we believe we are ready to open the doors to the Oceanside Sanctuary. And that is gonna happen on May 23rd. So we're just a couple Sundays away from that. There are gonna be two service times for you. The first one's gonna be at 10 a.m. That's limited to 30 people. And then right after that, there's gonna be a service at 11.15 in the morning. And that one's gonna be limited to 60 people. And the biggest thing here is we want to encourage you to RSVP if you can for which one of those services you think you will be attending and you can go to the oceansidesanctuary.org and you'll see the tab to RSVP for the May 23rd grand reopening at the Oceanside Sanctuary for either the 10 a.m. service once again limited to 30 people or the 11:15 a.m. which will be limited limited to 60 people so we're excited about that um, a lot to do in the next couple weeks in preparation to open the doors and have everything ready for you. Um, but we are so excited, May 23rd, to see you. Coming up on May 15th from 7 to 9.15, excuse me, some, from 7 to 9 p.m., uh, the Oceanside Sanctuary is going to partner with uh, the Youth Ministry at Pilgrim United Church of Christ in Carlsbad for a really fun youth movie night. And this is for all youth in the grades 6 through 12th. This is just going to be a fun, safe night. Masks are going to be required. Fun chance for uh, some of our youth here at the Oceanside Sanctuary to connect with some other youth in the community at the uh, Pilgrim United Church of Christ. You're going to want to RSVP for that as, uh, event as well so the staff is ready for uh, your 6th through 12th grader. And you can do that at the oceansidesanctuary.org backslash calendar on the website. And then another really important announcement for you next Sunday May the 16th from 12 noon to 3 p.m. We're gonna have a volunteer work day. And like I had mentioned earlier, there is a lot to do to get ready for that May 23rd date. And we wanna be able to help the staff um, to, to be ready to do that. And so we would love to have your help. Uh, there's gonna be a yummy lunch involved. There's gonna be some safe protocols uh, uh, implemented that day to keep everybody safe to make sure all the little projects get done. So once again, also very important, the third straight announcement where you're gonna wanna RSVP at oceansidesanctuary.org backslash calendar backslash church dash volunteer dash workday. And that link will be up on the screen here for you or um, in the comments below. And you'll be able to simply click on that so you can RSVP for the workday coming up on May 16th, next Sunday from 12 to 3 p.m. And then finally, we would love for you to support the Oceanside Sanctuary and the mission of what this church is doing in the community. You can do that by simply going to the oceansidesanctuary.org backslash give portion of the website. And as always, you can always get in contact with our team and the pastors at Oceanside Sanctuary to ask them exactly how your time and resources are 
used here in this community. Well, we're excited to see you in a couple weeks. I hope everybody is doing well. If you need anything, let us know. Have a great week, everybody.